Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Amen. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. I guess I could have backed up a couple of verses. And is revealed from heaven. Now, there was reasoning behind it. God's wrath is not arbitrary. He is not just throwing it around willy-nilly. It says in verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse." God designed creation to testify of him. He, he, he made it manifest. That which may be known of God is manifest in them. God showed it unto them. The very fact that you stand, you walk, you talk, you breathe, you, you do all of the things that you do testifies to an intelligent creator. It all testifies that if you ever begin to dive into the biology and the understanding of the human body, there is clearly a design. Somebody far superior in intelligence began to form something. Just study the phospholipid bilayer that surrounds the cells of your body and the various gates that allow that allow molecules to move in and out of individual cells, and then think of the fact that that is replicated trillions of times in your body. Your body testifies of the fact that there is a God. And the invisible things from the creation of the world, they're, they're clearly seen. And not only are they clearly seen, they are the only witness that some will have of the existence of God. And God says, that's enough. But, in verse 21, and now we get to the reason of why the wrath of God is revealed. Because that when they knew not God, or when they knew God, rather, and I, I, I agree with Romans chapter 1 here, everyone has had the no, that which may be known of God manifested in them. They knew of God, whether they want to admit it, whether they want to accept it or not is a different story, but nobody will be able to stand and say, I didn't know about God. Everyone has had the knowledge of God manifested in them. But when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now, the image of God has been shown in us, but because of the, the failure of humanity and because sin entered into humanity, now our heart also contains lusts. And 
They began to change, verse 25, the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men working with men that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of the error which was meet. It's not the focus or the thrust of our our lesson this morning, but God designed a man and a woman to come together in unity. That was God's plan. That was God's purpose. Everything else is a perversion of that plan and that purpose. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they wanted to forget about God. They wanted to remove Him from their knowledge. Because the understanding that there is a supreme being requires certain things of us. Not the supreme being. But when you desire to worship the creature more than the creator, it is far more convenient for you to deny the existence of God or to say that, that God, he, he doesn't care what I do. But as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. I love how that one makes it in there. We haven't preached on that in a long time. I think the only way it'd be more fun is if it said gluttony right after it. Without understanding, half of my pecan pie. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affections. I know somebody's going to come to me later and say it's pecan. Uh, Implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which do such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Not only do they know that God exists and they're in denial of that fact, But they also know that there's a judgment of God. I submit to you that at our core, at our deepest level, we know that there is something after this. We know. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. You might sit here today and say, well, I I don't do any of those things. But are you entertained by those things? Are you deriving pleasure from others doing those things? I'd like to teach this morning, and I understand that there was a a somber portion of Scripture uh, to open, but I believe that there's going to be some rejoicing and praise in this house before we're done this morning. I'd like to teach on, it's more important than you think. Can we pray together? Lord, 
I ask you to fill our hearts, fill our minds with your word this morning. I, I come against, God, any spirit of distraction or deception, Lord. Release peace and truth into this house. I pray, Lord, that the good seed of the word would get down into our hearts. I pray that there would be no spirit of deception, no spirit, God, that would begin to pull at our attention. But, God, with, with eager hearts, we would listen to the word today. I will embrace, I will accept, I will obey whatever your word is for me today. In Jesus' name. Amen. We read a long portion of scripture from Romans chapter one, but I feel to remove any of that is to to remove context and make it difficult to establish the the the, the seriousness of what we're talking about today. It demonstrates the darkness that humanity is capable of. How far we have fallen from the dominion we were designed to possess. God designed us with purity in mind, but man and his hunger and his rebellion and pride against God has fallen from so lofty a pinnacle. There are passages of scripture that you can mine from for a long time. Really, all scripture contains more than just the the skin deep reading. There is great depth to the word of God. I, I heard it all my childhood. Uh, you know, I would hear people that I knew had read the Bible like 30 times say, oh, I just, I saw something different, but I, I get it now. I understand it because every time I go through the word of God and you, you can just glean something different, a verse that didn't apply in quite the same way before begins to leap out at you. And it's all of a the sudden there's this nugget for you that you've missed 20 other readings of the Bible. It's, it's just there. If, if you're wondering what you're going to do when you finish reading the Bible, let me help you. You just flip it right back to Genesis and start over because there is an inexhaustible treasure in the word of God. You are never going to be able to pull all of the wisdom and all of the riches out of scripture. It is not possible for you to do so. But I want to focus today, this Sunday before Thanksgiving, on a pivotal verse in this passage. That is verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. There were two items listed, two reasons why the wrath of God was to be manifest against the sons of men. And those two items were this. Number one, they did not glorify him as God and they were not thankful. The depths of human depravity ending in God, handing them over to a reprobate mind are due at least in part to a refusal to give thanks back to God. All of creation testifies to the existence and the intelligence of the creator. And yet mankind in sinful pride chooses to reject that knowledge. But there is and there always has been an expected response from God. It's not my expectation. It's not Bishop's expectation. It's not just the culture of this church. It is 
God's expectation for us when we receive knowledge of the Godhead. And that is to give glory and honor to his name and to express thankfulness. It's no wonder that Paul writes again in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. He says, for men, talking of the end days, he says, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. There it is again. My goodness. Next Sunday's, uh, next Sunday's lesson. Disobedient to parents. We'll have all the kids up here. It'll be grand. But watch this. Unthankful, unholy. Why would those two things be put together? They're put together in Romans chapter 1. They're put together in 2 Timothy. Because an unthankful heart will never pursue the holiness of a perfect God. An unthankful heart will excuse, will explain away to come to the surface. An unthankful heart is only one step away from becoming an unholy heart as God begins to allow you, as you refuse to express your thanks to Him, He begins to allow you to have what you think lately, just how blessed you are to know Him. Just how blessed. To have access to his word. You are not the highest form of an evolutionary process. You were created in the image of God. Well. You were created in the image of an all-knowing, all-seeing all-loving God with purposeful access given to you to come into his presence. And when his prized creation fell, he did not just wipe his hands and retire to a different corner of the universe. But he became incarnate. He became sin for us. He took on him the good or the weight of all of our failures and mistakes. There's an old song that I could not get out of my mind as I was preparing for this morning. It's when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me my soul cries out hallelujah i've come today to challenge you Uh, maybe it's a little bit more animated than a typical sunday morning uh, but we need to hit the brakes for just a moment uh, and stop and consider how good jesus is to us uh, and begin to express that thanks uh, back to him Uh, oh uh, when i think uh, of the goodness of jesus in all uh, He's done for me. There's something down inside of me uh, that has to cry out. uh, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Uh, Thank you, Lord, uh, for the revelation of your word. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for access to you. Uh, Thank you, Lord, uh, that I can come into your presence. Uh, Thank you, Jesus, uh, that I can even know you, uh, that that holy name can even come across My lips. How? How can such imperfect lips breathe such a perfect name of Jesus? How? 
can we gather together today? This is not ritual. It's not routine. It's not, it's not just religion. There is something far deeper going on in this place today. There are intelligently created beings uh, with their own free will and their own free choice who chose to put aside every pursuit of this flesh today to come to the house of God in community and glorify the name of God uh, and give thanks to God. Matthew 12 and 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Hebrews 13 and 15 says this, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. It's more important than you might think. Your thankfulness is a critical element in your relationship with, the, with God Almighty. Your, your thankfulness is far more than something we should dust off and dig out one week out of the year before we turn the corner to Christmas. Uh, your thankfulness is, uh, it is very closely tied to your holiness. It's very closely tied to your relationship with God. I've come to challenge you and to warn you today, your mouth just might be telling on you. You will either express the thankfulness of your heart through your mouth or the abundance of your heart will be expressed in other ways. An unthankful heart expresses itself through complaining lips. An unthankful heart expresses itself through fault-finding lips. An unthankful heart expresses itself uh, through judgmental or unmerciful lips. An unthankful heart expresses itself because, remember, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. What comes out of your mouth is not an accident. It is simply what is on the inside. Uh, It's an unthankful heart that expresses an entitlement mentality. Let me help somebody this morning. God owes you Nothing. He owes you nothing. He's already given you access to him. He's already given you access to a life-giving flow of his blood from Calvary. He's already given you the hope of glory and an eternity spent with it. He owes you nothing. I'm so thankful today for the free gift of grace. Who or what am I that I have access to Jesus. Who and what am I? Not just to have the knowledge of God, but to have access to God. Connection to Him. And He, He does not get sick of me. He desires me. You ever been around somebody? Don't point, don't look. And like Bishop addressed last week, there's a three, the three-day rule. I mean, sometimes I'm around myself and there's a three-day rule. I'm like, man, I got to get around some other people. I, I do not like me right now. But Jesus never gets sick of you. He never gets sick of you. Even when you're sick of you, he's not sick of you. 
He's, he's trying to draw you to himself. He wants you to come closer to him. He wants you to be around him. He wants you to be next to him. He wants you to open up your mouth and let the fruit of your lips begin to give thanks and express his goodness and graciousness. It's far more important than we might think it is, but there's a God that never gets tired of his people lifting their voice in praise. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18, I used this verse a couple of Wednesdays ago, but we go back to it tonight. It says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, I want to draw that distinction again. Giving of thanks, yes, it, it starts in the heart, but it does not stay in the heart. Thankfulness, like love, must be professed, it must be confessed out of our mouth to become effective. If you loved your spouse, but the words, I love you, never leave your mouth, that love will in time grow cold. You, you, you don't just sit here and have, oh, I'm just so thankful for God. I'm just going to clam up tight. It'd be like me giving you a million dollar check right now that was somehow actually valid and you would just be like, oh, I'm so thankful for that million dollar check. I'm just going to I'm going to express my thanks by just quietly reflecting. That's not what God is expecting from us. We give the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name and out of the abundance of a heart, a mouth will speak. And so every once in a while, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, something has to come out of my mouth and thankfulness has to flow from the depths of my heart. It's not enough for me to sit by quietly. Anybody can profess to do that, but a blood bought Holy Ghost filled saint of God uh, ought to have a thankfulness that bubbles up uh, out of them every once in a while. Oh, the goodness uh, of God. So Paul writes in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you are struggling to discern the will of God, let me help you just give thanks. If you, if you don't know whether to go left, right, straight, or go backwards, just give thanks. Now, in the interest of this being a teaching session, I pulled up Strong's Concordance and looked up the meaning of that word, everything. Including all forms of grammar, this is what it means. All, any, every, the whole. All manner, all means, all ways. Any, anyone. Daily, ever, every one, every way, as many as, thoroughly, whatsoever, whole, whosoever. Let me simplify that. There is no asterisk. When God says, in every thing, give thanks, he doesn't mean, well, except for the Sunday when your car wouldn't start because it was cold. He didn't mean, well, except for the day when your dog peed on the carpet before you got home. He didn't he didn't say, well, give thanks 51 Sundays out of the year, except for that one where your child was. Man, there was just a big fight on your way to church. He said in 
everything give thanks. That is the will of God for his people. God's people should be easily distinguishable from the people of darkness because uh, of the river of thankfulness that is ushered up out of their heart uh, and flows out through their mouth. But the supreme knowledge of God provides reason for thankfulness regardless of situation. Just knowing who Jesus is, is the greatest treasure that has ever been mined in this world. But this is hard to maintain, especially on your own. Because you're human. Pinch your neighbor. Tell them they're human. If you felt that right now, you're human. There will be times when I need you to remind me of this verse. Because there'll be some complaining that's coming out. And there will be times when you need me to remind you of this verse. And neither of us should get offended. Because the Bible tells us that we are to provoke one another to love and to good works. I'm thankful not just for the word of God, but I'm thankful for brothers and sisters in Christ who can begin to prod me and provoke me and stir me to do good things. But if we could ever put it into practice, there would be a lot more rejoicing and a lot less thumb sucking. There'd be a lot more shouting and dancing and a lot less of a woe is me mentality. There'd be a lot more praise. There'd be a lot less whining. There'd be a lot breaks preaching. Uh, I heard somebody say this and I'm going to adopt it as my own. We don't take a break from preaching so that we can pray, but we're going to take a break from praying and worshiping so that the word can come forth. I'm looking forward to a day uh, where we're not going to need somebody to to prod us or to move us. Uh, we're going to have to come and say, hold, hold on now for a moment. We're going to let the word of God go forth. Why? Uh, because there's a thankful heart in the people uh, of the Jesus church uh, about redemption. There's a heart of gratitude inside of us uh, about what our Savior has done for us. And because we must learn by example, I brought you some examples. In Acts chapter 5, Peter and John have been interrogated. They've had their backs whipped. And they're released and threatened. Now, I don't know about you. It's been a long time since I've had my back whipped. Preteen years. Somebody's aim was not that good. And there was a lot of squirming on my part. Now I can testify to you that I did not leave that moment rejoicing that I was worthy <laughs> to bear the marks <laughs> of a kitchen spoon. But I've reached a point now where I can give thanks. But Peter and John, their backs, their robes are open, their backs are beaten, and they are threatened straightly. Don't you ever speak that name of Jesus again. And the Bible says they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing 
that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. In everything, give thanks. Think about the fact that God would put his name on you in water baptism. uh, And then it becomes our privilege. Uh, They hated him. They're going to hate us. Why should we care uh, about it? We have to be so deeply thankful for the goodness uh, of God and the revelation of his word that we're, it's a, it's a blessing uh, when somebody, oh, see, it's a mindset that we're not comfortable with and we're not okay with. Uh, if somebody busted in this place right now uh, and started beating people because they were Christians, we'd be trying to escape out every door that we could. Uh, but there is going to come a day Uh, There has to come a day where an American church is going to be so excited. Uh, Yes, uh, I was worthy to suffer uh, and I didn't turn away from the name. Uh, I endured it patiently. Uh, Thank you, Jesus, for your grace that brought me to this place. Acts chapter 16 and verse 25. Paul and Silas find themselves in a very similar circumstance. Their backs shredded. It wasn't Brenda's aim this time. (laughs) It was the intent of a Philippian jailer. Their feet were in stocks. They're in the innermost prison. It's dark. It's damp. It's uncomfortable. They don't have an understanding of infection control. And so their hamburger backs are being pressed against disgusting, vile things. Rats are probably crawling over them. And they were just trying to do something good. Just trying. Do something good. They delivered a girl from a demon. And this is the thanks they get. But the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Paul didn't just speak it to the church in Thessalonica. He lived it. He walked it. It's a thankful heart that can praise God when your back is shredded and your ankles are in stocks. It's a thankful heart that can come to the house of God and your world might be crumbling underneath you. And if it is, I want to know about it. I want to walk with you and I want to bear that with you. But the visitor that comes into this place ought not be able to pick out whose world is falling apart because there's a thankfulness. Is not the knowledge of God enough for us uh, to shout and dance and open up our mouths? Is not the blood that's been applied to our lives enough for us? You don't need any other reason. You don't need any other prompting uh, other than every once in a while when it crosses over your mind to think uh, of how rich his grace and his goodness has been uh, it ought to stir something inside of you uh, that begins to cry out uh, and so that's what I want to do as we close out Sunday school this morning uh, why don't we stand to our feet